be of assistance? Rose and I crowded to her tiny window and found three drenched men, a driver, a passenger, and a near giant, all attempting to push the vehicle back out of a muddy ditch. They paused upon hearing us, and the large man tipped his hat toward our window, the carriage light illuminating his tanned skin and pale lips. Their driver wiped his brow with a handkerchief as he approached. Thank you, sir, he yelled, panting, as he waved us along. It's quite all right. Get your passengers to their destination. We shall manage. The rest of his words were sucked up by another growl and crackle of thunder. Whether it was the man's words or the storm that was convincing, our driver decided not to argue and sent the horses forward. As I turned back, watching the three men fade into the blackness, a flash of lightning unveiled them for one last glimpse, their shapes stark against the bright white rip across the sky. But it wasn't any figure that caught my eye. It was their carriage, which seemed to be lifted entirely off the ground by the giant man, and heaved onto the road before they were swallowed by darkness again. Did you see that? I asked Rose. Her raised brow answered the question, but then it furrowed as she considered the matter. Is the fair in town? Perhaps he's one of those strong men we always see advertised. But still, to lift an entire carriage by himself. Evelyn, mother interrupted. I don't wish to hear another story about hallucinations rendering you too ill to attend. Rose saw it as well. Oh, excellent. Then we need not risk the health of any of our footmen to fix that driver's foolish mistake, my mother said, in her infinite kindness. Our conversation died in the din of the storm, but the unnatural image of those four wheels suspended in the air stayed with me as we rolled up the narrow dirt path to the congested entrance of Faden Hall. Though there was surely a rational explanation, my nerves were now on edge, making Faden's familiar details seem sinister. At the crest of the hill, the mansion loomed over the rest of the country, and thick clouds roiled menacingly over the magnificent estate. Cracked stone statues of Hades and Charon welcomed visitors in, while gnarled trees reached out to capture all who dared to veer off the path. Towering gargoyles stretched upward, as if to attract an ominous flash of lightning. This was ridiculous. Was my mind so tired of Bramhurst that it was conjuring up these gothic images? This must be how girls go mad. It's the only alternative to boredom. Shaking the absurd thoughts away, I followed Rose and my parents out of the carriage. Umbrella-wielding footmen led us to the front door and into the bright, breathtaking vestibule that set the tone for the rest of the mansion. Though our home was rather large and well-kept, Sir Winston's home of Faden was still awe-inspiring. Vivid paintings glowed in the gaslight against the dark wood panelling. Lush oriental rugs covered the floor, and the ceiling reached toward the sky, providing room for the second-floor balcony, a place where guests wanting for conversation topics had a steady supply of people below to scrutinise. Still, in spite of the main hall's enormous size, the waves of fashionable men and women rendered it impossible to navigate. This looked to be by far the biggest ball our small town of Bramhurst had seen in years, which unfortunately meant I didn't have to worry about a sea of suitors, but an ocean. We had not gone three steps when my mother fixed her eyes on a boy frozen in perfect imitation of the bronze statue beside him. She leaned in confidentially. 
Evelyn, see there, the eldest from the Ralstons. I hear they have a lovely collection of stained glass windows. Ah, yes, just my type. A stiff, prideful lord-to-be with impeccable, cold deportment to prove his perfect breeding. Saturdate, I declared solemnly with a wave of my hand. I shall marry him immediately. Rose choked back her giggle, but Mother was far less amused. Not this childish behaviour again, she said through her teeth, which was still arranged in a polite smile for the guests. You will give these men more than a second's thought, or deeply regret this attitude in a few years' time. Yes, when I'm crying next to, God forbid, a plain window, I said with a sigh. As we slowly made our way inside, my sister caught my arm and flashed me a commiserative smile. Only Rose seemed to understand how unbearable these evenings...